Welcome to Coast Community Church Online. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to know that you are with us, so head over to the chat, say hi, and interact with others joining us online this morning. We're going to be kicking off 2022 with a mini-series called Understanding Our Mission. As followers of Christ, we have the privilege of partnering with Jesus on his mission in our world. And our mission is to connect or reconnect those around us to God. So over the coming weeks, we're going to be hearing from not only Coast community people, but also other believers within our community who are right on the front line, on mission, dealing with people's brokenness. And it's our hope that as individuals and as a faith community, that our eyes will be open to this brokenness and we'll be inspired and encouraged to step into those spaces. So stay tuned, be encouraged, be inspired, and I'll see you soon. Hi, well, we're nearly into the middle of January and with a few weeks to go this month, I want to let you know of a few things that are coming up. And one of those is our home groups. They'll be starting back very soon. So if you're in a home group, connect with your current leader, uh, see when that's happening. And if you're not in a home group at the moment, we're anticipating a whole bunch of home groups to start up in 2022. And so can I encourage you to contact somebody on the mission leadership team one of the pastors or, or just ask anyone across the church, get onto our website and let us know that you're interested either to host a home group, to lead a home group or to be part of a home group. Because it's in our home groups that we're going to be doing um, a lot of our in-depth exploration of what it means to follow Jesus this year. It's where our pastoral care happens. It's where we actually get to be the church with one another. So I really encourage you to be part of that. We've also got coming up on the 30th of January, that's the Sunday evening, a prayer meeting, um, a prayer gathering at Bensville. So just keep that in your diary. Love to see a whole bunch of you there um, to come together and pray for the church, pray for what God's doing in his mission here on the Central Coast and pray for a whole bunch of other things. So that's Sunday evening, the 30th of January. And the weekend after that, it's our first Sunday in February where we will do an all-in family gathering. And this time round, we want to give a bit of attention and focus to the mission into our schools and our education spaces. So we're going to be exploring and hearing from a few people around things like um, teachers and people who teach SRE, um, school chaplains, things like that. So we want to bring some attention to that. We want to um, pray into that and we want to commission our teachers and our students to be in their go spaces, which is their schools and preschools, and be really intentional about being on mission with Jesus this year. So there's a few things I'd love you to just um, keep in mind, put in your diary, and love to see you at each of them. See you then. Hello everyone online and at Tumby. It's uh, lovely to be with everyone today. I know I have some very special friends online today. Um, so hello to Joseph and Mariam and Aisha. I got your text and I know that you're watching so that's very kind of you guys to do that today. Uh, like McGuinness said, we have um, in our current context at the moment some really significant things happening and so 
um, my hope today is that as I'm sharing with you guys, that you will be able to just really get a sense of where God has placed you and can be using you in um, wherever you are. Um, Would you just pray with me as we start this morning, if that's okay? Father God, we just come before you now and just ask that you would be speaking to us through your word, that you would enable us to see where you are in and through our lives. And so, Lord God, I just pray right now that you would speak through me, that my words would be honouring to you and pointing to you, that we would hear you this morning. Holy Spirit, please come and settle on us right now. In your name, amen. So, let me just pop my glasses on. I just did want to start this morning that some of the things that I might share um, may be a little bit difficult to hear. And so, some of us today may have had experience of a mental illness or someone who um, they know has had a mental illness. And so, we know that any person in that vulnerable space can feel quite overwhelmed at different times. So, if that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you to have the ability to step out. If you're at home or at Tumby, please um, feel that way too. If you are going to step out, I would encourage you to grab someone just so that you know that if you're walking out that you're going to have someone to support you. But please feel free to do that at any stage. So, in 2014, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson starred in an eight-part first season of a show called True Detective in which both of um, these men recount their understanding of a murder that they investigated in 1995. Now, this show flashes between 1995 and 2012, where they try to make sense and meaning of what they went through. Now, this show not only started to change the way that we watch television as short, succinct, um, standalone series, but it revitalised the careers of both men. Now, this television show is dark, depraved, and it shows the absolute worst of humanity. It's very, very confronting at times. But since I watched the show, there was one scene that has always resonated within me and changed the way that I view my ongoing mission day to day. In the final episode, don't worry, I'm not giving away any spoilers in this if you do choose to watch it, but you have been warned... Marty Hart, played by Woody Harrelson, pushes Matthew McConaughey, playing Detective Russ Cole, across in a wheelchair across the hospital parking lot. It's night and they're both attempting to leave the hospital without being discharged, going towards Marty's car. Both men are looking up at the sky and Rust says to Marty, you know what, Marty, I've been up in that room looking out these windows every night here, just thinking, it's just one story, the oldest. Marty inquires, what story is this? And Russ replies, light versus dark. Marty pauses, looks up again at the sky, then turns to Rust again saying, well, I know we're not in Alaska, but it seems to me the dark has more territory. The story continues for a little bit where for a few moments where the men continue to head towards Marty's car and Rust turns to Marty and says, I think you're looking at it wrong, the sky thing. How's that? Marty answers and Rust turns to Marty and says, well, once there was only dark and if you ask me, the light is winning. 
Once there was only dark, and now the light is winning. You see, we as followers of Jesus have been called to be a light in the dark, to point people towards Jesus in all that we do. In Matthew 5, in Jesus' most famous sermon, he says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that you may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Each and every one of us have been placed where we are in our lives to be agents of renewal and reconciliation. We are to be the people that point towards the true light, to serve our Saviour King in partnering with him to see his mission fulfilled and to have his kingdom come and rule and reign. We are to do all of these things in where we live, work and play. Where has our God placed you? Where can you be a light in the darkness? Are you a mother or a father? Teacher, engineer, cleaner, work in administration or allied health? Are you a support worker? Are you studying, seeking employment, retired, caring for a family member who is in need or unwell? Are you still unsure about what you were wanting to be doing and not sure what's going on? Whatever circumstance you are in, you can be used and will be used by our great God if you choose to surrender to his way. That fan is powerful. What you're doing at the moment may every day feel routine-based and mundane. It may feel as though that you are treading water and not seemingly doing things that others may place great importance or accolades on. But it is the place and the space where you have been called to be a light in the darkness. My context looks probably very different to each and every one of you. But what I am learning in this season is how to be a light in the darkness where I have been placed. My context significantly changed in 2011 when I transitioned from working here at church back within a secular space. And if I'm really honest with you all, it was a real no-brainer to talk about Jesus when I was here at church and it was probably greatly encouraged and expected that I did that. It was okay to speak the name of Jesus, to encourage people to look to him, to casually drop in that I would be praying for people. But when that context changed and when that same ability to do things was not there, I had to relearn and re-understand what it could possibly mean to shine a light in the dark. What would it mean for me to live and work among people who did not know him and part of my role and my responsibility was to point to him? My current context at the moment is that I work for the local health district in the area of youth mental health, as most of you know. And currently at the moment, I work within an acute adult mental health ward where I work with the adolescents who have been admitted after having um, an attempt to end their life or experiencing an acute stress reaction, who is needing an admission for safety and containment. I work within a space where the veil between life and death is at times very thin. 
I work in an environment where people come to have time out to settle and to re-enter their world, which is often incredibly chaotic and full of pain. But this is the space and the place where I have been called to support people. And whilst I may not be able to speak the name of Jesus, I can certainly speak hope and point people to him through the way that I live my life. Many of the young people that I speak to do not know that when I'm speaking to them, I am speaking the words of their creator over their life. But I am doing this in an attempt for them to see the greater picture, to see above the dark and into the light. What has been an incredible and beautiful unexpected grace for me in my current context have been the relationships that I have been able to build with particular doctors, nursing and support staff. These people I have come to know have become incredibly dear friends. They have opened their lives to me and allowed me to become a part of their story and for that I am absolutely and truly grateful. They have shared their challenges and hopes in a way that I would never have expected them to. The work that we do has forged a relationship that is now tested and true. By stepping into these spaces at times, I've had also the opportunity to speak about my own story. And there have been very sweet and at the moment very small moments of being able to share my faith but recognising that it's not only the patients and the people who are in our ward that I'm able to speak life into, but also pointing those who I work alongside has been something that has been an incredible opportunity. What I've now found is that this secular space is now sacred. It's a place where the Holy Spirit can come and move and his presence can fill this space. The space at the hospital is now holy because he is present and at work even when I don't realise. I wonder if you would think for a moment with me around where your current context is. Are you able to identify and think of the places where the veil for you is very thin in where people are at? Are you connecting with people that are alone? Are you connecting with people that are living and believing the lies that are not true about them? Are they lonely and feeling as though that they are not worthy of connection? Has their identity been tainted or harmed by trauma and challenge? John Mark Comer, and it wouldn't be a male sermon if John Mark didn't make an appearance, but in his book Garden City, he said this around how and how we live our daily life. Our job within these spaces is to make the invisible God visible, to mirror and mimic what he is like to the world. We can glorify God by doing our work in such a way that makes the invisible God visible by what we do and how we do it. We are to make the invisible God visible. So how do we do this? How do we go from having this understanding and having this um, recognition of where we are and where we we are placed in moving forward? And I think very simply it sits within the space that Jesus is our picture, that we are to do exactly what he did. We have been invited to work alongside the king of the universe, to be salt and light. 
We are to live in a way where we do not seek revenge but extend grace. We are to love those who hate and often wish harm upon us. We are to seek to give to others and to show compassion to those who are in need. To be aware and help the vulnerable. To pray for others. To be very quick to forgive when they hurt us, speak lies and slander us. And in all of that, we are not to judge where they are at and where they are going. There's a wonderful passage of scripture that I really feel fits in what and where we're speaking today. And I just want to read it to you. If you have your phone or a Bible, I would encourage you to grab it out so you can follow along with me. This is from 1 Thessalonians 4, and we're going to read verses 1 to 10. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you in how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins." As we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not live a holy, um, does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Now, about your love for one another. We do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do it all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet, we encourage you, brothers and sisters, to do it so more and more. And make it your ambition to live a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and that you would depend on nobody. So, when we live well, when we live in a way that is quiet, that is hardworking and that is productive, and when we don't grumble or mouth off, muck around or even look at social media on work time, we will win the respect of others and ultimately point to Jesus. We can be used to be a light in the dark. Now please hear me now. (laughs) Us being used to be light in the dark is only by the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. It is he and he alone who can change a person's heart and to bring them to reconciliation with him. We as people do not have that ability to do that, but we have the gift in order to show what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It is not something that we do in our own strength. Our job is to be absolutely and utterly consistent in pointing to our true north, which is Jesus.
I don't often get it right. There are many, many days when I drive home and I often think I really didn't hit the mark today. I did most of that in my own strength. I was quick-tempered and most generally I speak unkindly about another one of God's creation. But what I have learnt and what I am hoping to continually do is to learn to repent from the things that I do wrong, to turn away from them, to seek forgiveness and to start and do it again tomorrow. Everything that we are to do is to point to our Lord Jesus, to show others who he is and how they can step into that relationship with him. The only way that I can really see and feel and think of how we can do this really well is to be reminded of who Jesus is, to be reminded of what he has done for us so that 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 changes and that embeds within our hearts so that as we seek to show others who he is, we are able to remember what he has done for us. So what I was hoping to do just as we close this morning just as we sit and we stand together in understanding who Jesus is and what he has done. I was wondering that if you are willing and if you are able, if you could stand with me as we read together Colossians 1. If we're able to really understand that this ancient hymn that used to be sung across the churches of the New Testament, then we are able to remember who our great God is. This is Colossians 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things on heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers of all authorities, all things have been created through him and in him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the, he is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he may have supremacy. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through, the, through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope that you have in the gospel, this is the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, or I, Melody, or I, your own name, have become a servant of all. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me this morning as we ask our Father God to help us to step into the spaces where he has called us. 
Father God, we just come to you now and recognize that, Jesus, that you are above every other name, that in you, Lord God, that you are king of all. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have allowed us to partner with you to step into these places, Lord God, that may be once secular but is now holy because of your presence there. And I pray for each and every one of us that we would be able to recognize and readily step into all that you have placed for us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, to respond to the gift and the grace that you have extended us. And help us, Lord Jesus, to be brave as we step towards others who need to be aware of you. We ask humbly, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to turn from our own sin and to turn to you. We repent, Lord Jesus, from the times when we have made it about ourselves and not about you. And I would ask, Lord, that today, that tomorrow, that every day from now on, Lord God, that we would be aware of you and would be at work with you in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. I hope you found that story inspiring and encouraging. If you'd like to know more about Coast Community Church, or if you'd like to find out about partnership or baptism, request prayer, or even contribute financially to the local mission of Coast Community, head on to our website at www.coastcommunity.church. Look forward to seeing you soon.